Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A Scottish football podcast that isn't obsessed with just two teams. Niche nonsense. Or surprisingly brilliant. You decide. The Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. The cult Scottish football podcast now adapted into a hit TV show. Search the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast on your chosen podcast player now. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. I can see on my um, Skype camera link, sidekick, sidekick Josh, wearing a fabulous, looks like jacket, cardigan. I don't know. Hi, Josh. Yeah, I'll go with that. Sort of jacket, a light, uh, a light jacket. For, a light jacket. Uh, early evening summer wear, I would yes. say. Yes, yes. Although I'm indoors. This. You are indoors. We're recording this on Monday, the 6th of July, year of our Lord 2020, at uh, 19.07 hours. And in about um, uh, 53 minutes, Spurs kick off their match. Um, so we, we can't we can't predict. We don't know what's going to happen with that. But let's just say we're in a rather wonderful position right now in the league, where even if they win tonight, which I feel is unlikely against Everton, they're still going to stay below us. I'm just making that point at the beginning. This is where this is the rather pleasurable place we're at. And to celebrate the current state of the Arsenal, we have um, back from a long time, a long sojourn during the bleak period of the virus, Jeff Arsenal. I'm still alive, Boyd. Thank God you're still alive. Because you were, <laughs> let's face it, you were in the uh, high, high, the bracket where, you know, I mean, it, you and I, now. middle-aged <laughs> white guys can't afford... To catch this virus, no, can we? I can, I can run with that, mate. I've been masked yeah. up everywhere and gloves everywhere, and yeah, we're, we're, we're cool. Thank God. Good. So um, we are in this rather, I mean, fantastic position, aren't we? We've had what four wins on the spin. Um, Arteta. Someone tweeted you. Tw- I think you you retweeted it actually. Someone pointed out that Arteta's only lost three games since he left City, whereas City have lost five in that time, which is quite extraordinary. 
Um, I felt like we we scored four against Norwich, which was which was wonderful. And then yesterday's game, um, a tough away fixture at Wolves. We were brilliantly kind of focused, and you know all the things that Arsenal haven't been for so long. I felt like defensively sound. Everyone knew what they were doing. There was a real kind of almost, I mean, revelatory is a big word, but I don't know. It's just something incredibly satisfying about that performance yesterday, wasn't there? Even though, you know, it was a tight, it was tight, but we kept it tight and we scored a goal early on and we scored a second. It was fantastic. What's your, what's your feeling, Jeff, about the state of the Arsenal right now? You must be thrilled. Well, well, yeah, you know, after the first two games, you know, that City game, I just think was, I think we we're going to lose the points anyway, but I think the way it was just a calamity that happened. I think we did well. Uh, we was very unlucky with the two injuries. You know, we're not as good as Man City anyway, but we were very unlucky with the two injuries. And that 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 just when when Louise come on, he just had a nightmare. And it was one of those games. If you go one behind for Man City, then you go two behind. You're up against it. We had to play sort of the second half with with ten men. Um, so we we was never going to win it. But it's just the way we just you know we just more or less down tools, and we was there was there was bullying us all over the park, and we we, we just couldn't get the ball. Then we went on to Brighton, and I thought, okay, we went one nil up. And I thought, okay, we can see this out, maybe get another one. But again, we just that soft underbelly from Arsenal teams from over the last five years uh, appeared, and we we've getting bullied out of the game, and eventually we we got, we got done, which was I was so disappointed with that result, honestly, most probably the, the worst one for for the, for the last, uh, definitely from since Arteta's taken over, and maybe through Unai Emery's, it was, it was I was so disappointed with it. However, then we went on, and I mean, our last. Is it three, three or four, whatever it's been? It have been unbelievable. Oh, uh, you, I think, yeah. And you, and you, that Wolves game, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't very optimistic going up to Wolves. I've got to be honest with no. you because they're they're a, they're a good side. They're very very well run. They've bought very well. Obviously, they had new owners since 2017, and they're they're in bed with with uh, Jorge Mendes, which is uh, obviously that super agent, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got a feeling he's got a few quid involved in the club because they seem to have, have, have gotten a lot of top, top players for relatively cheap money. Um, and it, quite similar to what Arsene Wenger did when he came to Arsenal. You know, he, he picked off the best players from the French League, etc., uh, and, and, and put them all together, and you know what, what the rest is history. But you know what, when we went up to Wolves, I wasn't very optimistic about it because of what's happened in the previous two matches in the, in, in the City game and the and the Brighton match. Um, I was worried again that you know they're a very good team and they pass the ball and they move you around, and we was going to struggle. I was so 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 surprised, and it's quite clear that Mikel Arteta is is is. Is he understands that we have a defensive problem. And for what I'm seeing from the Wolves match, they've really worked on it. They've concentrated on defending. They've got that three at the back and the two wide, uh, you know, fullbacks, what you want everyone to call them. And they all know what they're doing. We're only talking about one game. It could all it could all unravel at Leicester tomorrow night. When it, was it Tuesday night? It is tomorrow night, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, tomorrow, yeah. So yeah. we can all see now that... that um, Mikel, he's, 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 we can all see what he's trying to do. Let's just hope that they can carry on doing what they're doing, defending the correct way. Because like I've said in the part, I don't think we've got any trouble scoring goals. It's just the way we concede stupid goals, individual errors all over the place. 
Yeah. Josh, it's interesting, isn't it? He's adopted this, the three, since he's adopted the three at the back formation, uh, where you've got, you know, and, and, and kind of wing backs, really. It's just looked much more, I don't know, much, not necessarily, like sometimes the attacking play can be a bit slow. And like yesterday in the first half, I thought it was quite, you know, it was a bit slow and deliberate, but we still scored. But it just seems more solid, doesn't it? It just seems like Louise, for example, seems like a million times better in that back three than he would do in just in a four, four, in a four at the back situation. And, and I feel the whole defence, everyone seems to know what they're supposed to do much more. They seem much more aware of their responsibility. And I also feel like the opposition, whoever we're playing, doesn't deal with it very well. They find it a bit, because it kind of changes quite a lot. It's quite fluid. It changes when we're in possession, out of possession. I feel like the opposition doesn't deal with it very well. So it seems like a bit of a masterstroke to me. A hundred percent that we have improved unrecognisably. I think the stat was this is three Premier League clean sheets on the bounce, and that's the first time since late 2017. So just on that simple level, that tells you something. This game made me think back, and I was like you, Jeff. I feared this game massively. I didn't see us winning it. And I thought back to that home game against Wolves where we played them earlier in the season. I think it was November time and we had this sort of one-all draw. And I think we were quite fortunate in, in the end. Wolves equalised with about 15 minutes to go and then we were having, hanging on. That day, Wolves had 24 shots against us. Um, and then I think on Saturday, you know, we were down to 10. I mean, on just a very simple level against what is an impressive Wolves team that is could well still finish above us. We were just so much more solid. And look, he's doing this with David Luiz, who has been often ridiculed, who was ridiculed for what happened against Manchester City, with Mustafi, who has been, in some people's opinion, fifth or sixth choice centre-back, and then sticking in Kalazanac with sort of flashbacks almost to seeing the way that Monreal has been used in that way in the last few years at the club. Um, so... It's just so good to see us play much more of a unit. And even though and, we and weren't Martin brilliant. In goal. And Martez a goal, who's I think also got a great record now with, of clean sheets. So even though, you know, it's not the new personnel. So therefore it tells you the manager has been successful at implementing something on these players. And we look so much more solid. I think even going into half time when Saka scored his lovely goal and, you know, how exciting is it that he's got his new contract? We deserve to go into the lead at half-time. We hadn't been, well, probably the first 15 seconds were the worst moment in terms of threat where Traore maybe could have got something. So for us to be uh, at that level, to restrict this wall side to one shot on target for the entirety of the game, huge credit. And this was the first time we've beaten someone who started the day above us in the Premier League away from home since September 2015. So another stat that shows we're heading in the right direction. I just worry, Boyd, I don't know what you think or, or Jeff, I'm starting to get the hope and it is famously the hope that kills you because now I think, well, maybe we could beat Leicester Spurs and then yeah. Liverpool. I mean, we, yeah. it, it could yet have an exciting end to the season that I didn't see coming. I am. I am excited. I I am incredibly hopeful, but I, I mean, I was predicting, I thought we would get into Europe right anyway. Right. So I think where we are now is roughly where I thought seventh, eighth is roughly where I thought, we would end up anyway. And let's, and I think if the top eight, if the city situation stays as it is, I know we've been through this a few times, but I'm pretty sure over the weekend, the Sky hosts kept saying the top eight could go into Europe. Could. Year. I think this yeah. will depend a bit on, yeah, Depending on obviously on other the circumstances. Situation. Yeah. yeah. But I look at it right now, and I don't know what the betting is, but I bet we're, I bet we're 
favourites to at least get into the to get into the Europa. I mean, getting into anything else would be extraordinary. But um, so I am hopeful, and I think that the even though the fixtures look incredibly tough, Leicester Spurs, Liverpool, as you say, I think Liverpool and now anything could happen. I think it's brilliant that we're playing them in the situ- in the post league triumph because they're already falling off. Whatever, you know, they won yesterday, but they're definitely fifty percent less intense than they were before they won the league. I think Leicester, anything could happen tomorrow. And Spurs, absolutely anything could happen. I mean, that is wide open, isn't it? So I mean, we could, yeah, in, in in a week's time, we could be suffering two defeats. We could, but I, I feel what I feel, I think the bigger picture of what's happened right now is that Arteta's found the system and the personnel roughly with a few tweaks within that. I think he knows the best way for us to play right now. That we're not, I don't think, whatever happens, I don't think we're going to lose by a phenomenal amount to any of those teams we're playing, including Liverpool, even if they're on song. And I think we could beat them. That's, and so I feel like the overall picture is really positive because even if, even if we lose one or two of those, one or even two of those games, I don't feel we're going to be humiliated, which I think we probably would have been, you know, six, nine months ago. Jeff, are you, are you, are you, do you think we've been, I'm being too optimistic or do you think no, there's no, the kind of realist? It's, it's amazing that we are now um, even thinking about having a chance of getting into the top four, whereas a couple of weeks ago it was like, mate, you know, we, we're going to be – well, we were 11 for 12 at one stage, weren't we? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, and that, that's, <clears throat> that's how I think we, I was looking at the time. You know, I was thinking maybe eighth or ninth would be the best position for us, whereas now we, if we beat Tottenham and we, you know, we go on and we, we beat Leicester tomorrow night – um, who knows? You, you might, you might, you might creep into fifth. You know, you you, you might yeah. get that. You might get that uh, extra spot if Man City do get barred from the competition for the Champions League. I mean, it, it, is, it has changed around, but again, we've got to be very careful because we have seen this on a few occasions over the last few years where we've gone and gone gone away and got a draw at somewhere where we didn't think we was going to get a draw and think, oh, well, they've really, you know, they've, they've toughed that out uh, and then come back and, 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 you know, been beaten quite easily or made a few more calamities uh, at home or away or whatever and, and, and been beaten convincingly. But no, there is, there's, you know, there seems to be a lot of progress and, um you know, hopefully we can creep up there, and you never know. We 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 might even we might even get that fifth spot or something like that. Yeah, I mean it's it's possible. Yeah, I mean I'd be amazed if we finished if we finished fifth. But I think sixth, seventh, sixth, seventh is is there, and I'd and I'd be happy at this stage. You've got to be happy with that, yes, Josh. No, I was, I was going to say that it felt so doom and gloom as Jeff was saying after the Man City after the Brighton. We're sitting here moaning about one of our best young players not having a contract, unable to, you know, win a game of football. And it's been, is this the best week of the season so far? Is that, is that stretching it? Oh, I definitely. think so. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, 100%, yeah. I wasn't moaning I mean? that much, by the way. I wasn't moaning. Um, Saka's exciting. That is great Saka, news. Yeah. That's great news. We, yeah. I think we're all agreed that signing Saka was the, Priority. I mean, obviously, it'd be lovely. It'd be brilliant. There's there's new stories now that we're that that Aubameyang, the deal is on. There's a there's a he what he wants is on the table. He wants to stay. If you saw that story, get three more years, two hundred grand a week. I think it was. That's what I saw the reports. I saw a report yesterday that Lacazette, that that um that that uh, the manager wants Lacazette to stay and, and, and wants them to offer him a new 
contract, which some people will find controversial. Brilliantly, he scored his first goal didn't he, away from home for about for a year, I think, yesterday. And um, and Zaka actually signing is so, is incredibly is the best news. But I think generally the focus. I, I keep I'm gonna, I keep coming back to this word. I feel like he's got everyone focused, and I I even include the hierarchy. You know, the people. The people, the people who, the lawyers and the deal makers and all of that. The fact that that Saka deal was done and that seems to be now. He seems and he talks about. I think this is really interesting. In all the when he's been asked, or I've seen so far in the press conferences about signings in the summer. He's very clear that he wants signings in the summer, and he's making it seems to be making it clear to the hierarchy they can't if they think they can get away with just a you know a kind of nothing summer in the transfers. He's saying no, we need to strengthen the squad, and he knows where the squad needs strengthening and all of that. And I think that shows his strength of feeling. And I think it shows that he's... Re- and, and have all the players coming together and being much more focused. I think the whole... I feel like... I think he's really going... The club is going places. That's And that's why I feel like, yeah, this is the best week of the season. Because everyone seems focused on what has to happen. I just think he's going to have to clear out a bit of a wage bill before he can get... Um... These, these players in that he, he needs, really. Uh, obviously, we've got Mkhitaryan in the softer wage bill. He, he might be in 200 grand a week. Um, we've got, I think we've got about 10 defenders at the club, and half of them we don't need because they're not really good enough. So there's got to be another 200 or 250 grand there if you, if you sell five of them and make something back from it. And then it'll open up and you might be able, you might have a, a few quid in the pot to, to go. And obviously, because you don't, you don't pay these transfers up front, you pay them over the two or three years, yeah. don't you? So yeah, we have got a chance, but um, like you say, he, he's clear. He, he's clear with his intentions. He knows. It seems like he knows who he wants to to, to bring in. Yes, yeah. it's, it's all you know. He's really slung it in the in the court for for Josh Kroenke. Is, exactly. That's yeah. the big question, though. Is Josh Kroenke going to um, going to back him? Because if he doesn't, then it's a waste of time. Well, isn't I it? think it really is. Mm. Yeah, but I think that's why I think it's such a, it's so promising that he is explicitly saying what he that he wants them to to act and spend money in the summer because that puts the onus on them and that's and that's a I think that's a really important tactical move because it means that if they don't then we all know who's to blame you know I think you remember used to be I thought, I'm not saying this to have a go at Wenger but there was definitely a long time where it was always very vague as to whose fault it was when we didn't sign one outfield player, you know, in, in the chance of the only team in the world, you know, all that stuff it was always like, no one ever took responsibility. Whereas I feel like this Arteta is saying, no, I know we have to strengthen. If we don't, I feel it ends up being other people's fault and a, and a reflection on Kroenke, as you say, rather than, rather than anything else, um, which I think is really interesting. But get, he's also nullified. I think he's nullified the obviously we it'd be brilliant if we could get rid of um Ozil, but I feel at least he's nullified that as an issue. Do you know what I mean? Like if you know, it seemed incredibly bold and daring and outrageous for him to not have Ozil in the squad when he when he didn't a few weeks ago. Now it feels like it's an almost an irrelevance. I don't, I don't even care anymore. I mean obviously the main issue is to get rid of his wage, which I think is gonna be very difficult to do. I mean, he has and he hasn't, because having him in the squad has still made it a talking point. And he has been on the bench when supposedly fit. Obviously, we've got this back strain at the moment, which is supposedly being assessed ahead of tomorrow. And we assume he won't be playing, but it doesn't seem impossible. I still think whilst he's oh, on the bench... He's not playing. I mean, we'll carry on. Well, I assume so. But then how do you explain the putting him on a bench and just making him sit there? Wouldn't it have just been easier to I mean, not because... Have... Well... Because you've got nine 
Is it nine places? I mean, yeah, it must be ludicrous. He, he's not brought him on, does he? Let's face it. When when he's not bringing him on at all, and there's no and he, and all he says every time he's asked about him, he says the situation hasn't changed. He doesn't refer to the fucking backstream, by the way. He's not playing that game. He's just straight up saying he, we know he's making it clear what the situation is. And for me, that is, that is nullifying it because it doesn't matter. I don't care whether he's in the squad or not. He's definitely not coming on. But is Arteta making more of a point? You take him to the ground and make him sit there. Is that more of a point than just well? Putting, yeah, but I, I, that's only a thing for for Ozil to worry about. I'm I'm fine with it. You know, I think I think yeah, I think the the way that he views Ozil and the club views, and that's what's been made clear. That's what what I meant by, you know, I don't feel that it was all it, again it, before it was like what what the fuck is going on? Now it's like we now I know what's going on. I'm I'm fine with that. Do you think there's too much water under the bridge with with Meza Ozil, guys? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when. I just in this period when he didn't pick him, you know, and he's not playing him at all. He's not bringing him on. I also don't think we need. I think actually, I think more importantly, the team is playing better without him, and the team is more of a team without him. How does he fit in? How is he going to fit into this formation? We don't need his. I feel like you know I've been saying this for years. But he's an old time player. He's not. He doesn't fit in with the modern game. You know, the the modern number tens, the modern attacking midfielders or attacking players. They're strong and powerful and fast. If they're not fast, then they're at least powerful and strong. And he's not none of those things. I mean, he's incredibly skillful, but I think that's not enough now. I just don't think that's enough. He's, not, he's never imposed himself, has he? Ever. You listen, oh, listen, well, you know. I, I've been very critical of him uh, in the same vein that you, you know, you're speaking of. But I, I still look at our squad and think, fuck me, how, how can you not play Meza Ozil? You know? Oh, I don't. Do you? What, even with our performances? No? Well, yeah, I, st- I still think he, he, he's so creative. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm just, uh, yeah, it, it's tricky, isn't it? Because we know, we know. I mean, he's a World Cup winner, European Cup winner, uh, European Championship winner. He's, he's, he's won the whole lot. Um, I don't know, I just think, I think somewhere along the line, there might be personal issues that, uh, that have underlying problems here. Uh, oh, I think his attitude is, is is a large part of it. Yeah, yeah. If that, yeah. What, what do you mean, other person that's used to? Well, I think you're yeah, darkly I think, referring to. Yeah, well, I think so. I, I think okay. there must be because I can't listen. He's a footballer and he loves football, and I can't. He's not playing football at the moment, and that that would be hurting him. I think more than anything, he can't he can't get on there to play, and I can't see the reason why we can't it, sitting down and say, right, Meza, you know, you're a professional footballer, you've got to play football for Arsenal Football Club, and you know. If your attitude's not right, then you're not going to get into the team. It's as simple as that. Or you've got to say to him, if you don't want to play here, we'll have to move you on. And, and if That's we've got to, and if we've got to give some 150 grand a week to subsidise his his wages, I'd rather move him out. He either plays or he don't. But we need to get to a point because otherwise it's going to be that little bit poison around that squad again. Everyone knows how much money he's getting. And, you know, even the players that are coming in, it's tricky, isn't it? It's very difficult. Josh? Oh, yeah. It's yeah, so I was just going to say quickly before Josh, it's 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 very tricky to get to get rid of him, so to speak, and to move him on. But I think the former point you made about I think Arteta has made it absolutely clear to him that yeah, that there is a problem with his attitude. He's made it clear to us. He's making it clear to us, and that and that just cannot be allowed. And I think all of those decisions that he's making, that's what I mean. I feel it's all the clarity is there in all of those decisions from, you know, same you know. Um, the way he's dealing with the players, both positively and negatively, the ones that he's not happy with, is so Gwendouzi. that's yeah, brilliant. So. That, exactly, Gwendouzi, Yeah, um, I think all of that is part of this whole 
situation where everything, the communication, the formation, everything is much clearer now. And I think that is so important. Josh? Well, with Guendouzi, I think, what's his terminology he's been using? Internal issues, right? Yeah. I mean, that's basically saying I, I'm not happy with him and we'll, we want to keep yeah. it in-house. But I'm, I'm not disappointed. I think we spoke about this you know, in the past. I think he has been guilty of, of letting his teammates and, and arguably manager down with some of his recent behaviour. So it's quite refreshing. But it seems to be a response to Guendouzi's behaviour post-lockdown or post this period. With Ozil, to have not played a single minute of football since Arsenal have returned makes you think something deeper happened in that couple of months where it possibly has... Maybe it is irretrievable in terms of a relationship because I just thought, okay, you're putting him on the bench, team, but then you take him on the bench again. You've got a goalkeeper and eight others, and you can make five subs. So just leave him sitting there, not three, even no, do three, a, three, three nineteen-year-olds or something. You put them, didn't yeah, you? just to not even put, just do five quite minutes. Rightly. Yeah, quite right. I'm saying that's a huge statement now. Unfortunately, yeah, I'm with Jeff. I, I still. Deep down, want to see and love the player in there. And what he's not—he's not even 32 until October. We're not talking about a 33, four-year-old who is should yeah, be but past it. We should be seeing someone. Apparent though, isn't it? He's only well, what, one assist. Is that stats? I mean, we don't need him. I just think we've got—it's it's over. It's—it is over. I'm sorry for him. Right. I feel you're right. Probably I think over for before. I think we've been here before in the last two years where we thought it's over and, you know, he's been left out and it, we have these periods and he somehow makes a return, usually in a home game, plays really well and suddenly we can turn our minds. But we're running out of time. Like, how many more games? We've only got five league games left. We've got an FA Cup semi-final. It felt like if he was going to get an opportunity, it would be at Sheffield United the other week. Yep. It didn't come. Yep. So, yeah, if we don't see him tomorrow, I, I can't see that he's suddenly brought in for Spurs or Liverpool. And then what's the and point for the last two games? But also, I think, you know, I go back to my point about how we're playing without him. And same with Guendouzi. I would, I don't want, Guendouzi doesn't get in the team, even if he was like an absolute, you know, perfect young man who, who never didn't have any um, disciplinary issues at all. I, I think the way he's got the midfield working at the moment with Ceballos and Xhaka... You know, I just think it's it's, and then sometimes he's had Zucker in there. He played Zucker further forward yesterday, didn't he? Because Pepe had his baby. Congratulations to Pepe, <laughs> like he's listening. Um, but you know, I think I think all the all of the options he's got are preferable to Guendouzi and Özil playing, in addition to their disciplinary issues. That's my feeling. Right. Did you see Mesut Özil's Twitter post about twenty minutes before we started this? Yes, I did. Yeah. What did you make of that? There's a picture of him um, and it was a picture of him and um, Matthew Flamini. Flamini, sorry. A yeah. bit of juice and saying old friends always stay in touch. I mean, it's almost like he's harping back to uh, harping back to better days. Yeah, he wrote good friends always keep in touch. Hashtag yeah. bro. Hashtag deep talk. Hashtag London. <laughs> I mean, Hashtag fuck off is what I can say. I don't want to be, I don't like to be too rude, but come on. He's very good. As, as I'm not the only one who's mentioned that his, his social media game is great and, you know, and all of that, but I'm sorry, I'm over him as a, I'm over him. <laughs> sorry, Jeff. There was also Lacazette had a tweet yesterday, didn't he? About which some people took to be as like possibly like a farewell. Uh, um, but I didn't, I, I, I hope not. I think I feel like that 
that seemed to be timed to the point where they are negotiating with them. I don't know. Um, Jeff, did you see the Ozil tweet? What, how, do you pay much attention to the social media tweets? Yeah, I, about- I, well, I think that his, his previous tweet to that uh, was uh, maybe the week before uh, when he'd been dropped again. And uh, it's some nonsense. He's got the best PR team out there looking after his his Twitter account. I know that. And, um, you know, I more or less said to him, you've got to do your talking on the pitch, mate. You've got, you know, fantastic PR team, but you've got, you play on grass. You don't, you don't play on the the computer, you know, and you should get out there and do it. And it's, it's a, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? It's tough. Like you say though, Boyd, you know, we haven't really missed him, but we don't know if we haven't missed him, if you get what I mean. Because um, you know some of them, oh, he's just, he is amazing sometimes. But, you know, I've been very critical. But like 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 Josh, I, I still, maybe it's a bit sentimental. I know what he can do. And it would be such a shame. Because he'd be, he's, I mean, if he doesn't come back now, he's fucked from Arsenal. That's it. No, he, he ain't going to be out and ever come back. Like you said, he's got maybe one game. If he doesn't play tomorrow night, which he well, he's not, he's not even in the squad. So, so then what, what, he's not going to play at Tottenham. He won't. He, he wouldn't play him Tottenham away. He might bring him on as a sub, but he's not that type of player. You, it's a London derby, a feisty London derby. You know, you got you got to get amongst them, and he's not one to get his foot in. So he wouldn't. You would. He's not an addition for that. And you, then you've got Liverpool, and, and we go on. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. Same with Gwendouzi. Gwendouzi, I was reading about it today. He's had, he's had problems all his club. At Paris, when he was 16, he was he was, he was uh, calling out a few of the older players, yeah. saying, you know, he should be in the team. That's at Paris. And the same at Lorient. He had a fight in the dressing room at, L- at Lorient. Um, and they, they more or less threw him out. So you know he's he's obviously got issues. He's 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 a feisty. He's like a he's like a, he's like the French Roy King but without the football skills at the moment. The way he's the way he's going on <laughs> he about is. things. He's got yeah. he's got plenty to say, and that was a little bit distasteful, wasn't it? What he was talking to the Brighton players about about money and everything else. I mean, you know, yeah, it's just a bit, yeah. lucky, isn't it? Young kid I think, like. yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind the players being cocky and obnoxious, and you know, and all of that to, to the opposition. I think that's fine. A bit of shithousery or whatever. But oh, yeah, cool. that particular, yeah. yeah, that I thought was re- revealing of him, wasn't it? For a young player like that, who's not, who's not had a great season. Let's face it. I mean, you know, loads of players have, but he, I feel he particularly has had a, a quite a mediocre season. I feel he's as indisciplined in his play as he is as a human being, clearly, because he because he runs around a lot and doesn't can't stick to his position half the time. So I feel again, yeah. I mean, I feel he's one of the players I'd be happy to see him go, especially when we've got you know we've got quite a few young kind of midfielders who can play in different positions and you know who can do that job. I don't know. I feel, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that bothered about him, really. Josh? Boyd, I was, I was interested if you're starting to get worried for uh, your best friend in our squad, Hector. Because to see Cedric come yeah. on against Norwich yeah. To, yeah. to score a lovely goal and then to be, you know, one of the solid performers in the following game at Wolves, you, you think Hector's under pressure here or not? Oh, I think so, without doubt. And I think um, I, I would happily... Um, say that he hasn't had a good season either I think you know I think he would he'd be in the lower rung of our I mean you know I think a lot of our players have had a mediocre season obviously that's why we're seventh eighth ninth tenth in the league but I feel Bellerin I mean he, you know he had a bad injury I feel that though since he's been back it hasn't been great I feel like he can still run I feel he's still got the pace but there's something about his passing has gone awry a bit his 
his discipline's gone awry, you know, in terms of positioning and all that. And um, and he gives the ball away too often. And I think and I think Cedric did seem solid. I thought generally the defence has seemed very solid in the last few games. So yeah, I think I think I mean I'm not, I think we should keep Bellerin. I don't think we should get rid of him unless we've gotten a huge amount, big huge offer for him. But I think it's he's definitely got competition. I'm sure, and that's good. That can only be Co- good the competition is great, isn't it? And he's yeah. definitely competition. You can see it when he got taken off against Norwich, uh, and you could see his face when he was yeah. getting taken off. He knew it was on him. You know, he's thinking, yeah. it's on me Absolutely. now. I've really got someone that I've got. A, I've got a competitor for my for my spot. So I'm going to have to pull me pull me socks up. But you know, fair play to him when he did come on against Wolves. He done a decent job. Yep, he did. Yeah. You know, you know, he carried out his duties very, very well. So, uh, hopefully, that competition is good. It's always healthy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Cedric did score a phenomenal goal, didn't he? So uh, that was that was pretty incredible. And and um, Arteta said interesting things about Cedric, didn't he? He said something about how you know, in the in the in the final third, he's our best um, attacking defender. I think something like that. He was very, very complimentary about him. Um, so he's clearly quite excited about him. I like Josh. him. I, I like yeah. him. He's, yeah. he's a good player. Josh, go on. No, I think I was just going to... Um, I'm just remembering the uh, the quote. I think the quote was, Cedric is a gifted technical player and is probably the best we have in the final third to make the right decision and attacks the, attack the box as well. So that's what Arteta said, yeah, um, yeah last week. Yeah. I look at the squad. We've had a lot of discussions about the squad um, in, re- in, you know, in recent weeks during this whole period. And we've had some people, we've had some guests. I think one, someone said, I can't remember, I'm trying to remember. Do you remember who it was? Um, said it, he thought it was our best squad for a long time. You know, even, you know, forgetting the actual performance on the pitch. Um, someone said that definitely. And I knew what they meant. And then um, we've also had guests saying it's been, it's, you know, it's a shambolic, you know, a lopsided squad and pretty poor, one of our poorest squads effectively for a long time. But I th- I'm beginning to think, I just think if he can, I think if he can get these players, again, I'm using that f- word focused and, and he clearly can, if he can get the likes of Louise and Mustafi and Xhaka playing like they did yesterday in the last few games, in fact, and I feel like, I know just, just laughing by the way, listeners, but I'm, I'm amazed myself. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I almost feel like, I now don't mind keeping those players. I don't mind that Louis signed that contract for another year because I actually think there is the basis of a quite a solid team if he keeps them focused. Well, I just think the two of them, the two players that you mentioned, and I've said it before, yeah. Yeah. they are like 30 or 40 seconds away from a, from a, a, a monumental ricket that will either, either give a penalty away or give a penalty away and get sent off or just give a goal away. right? And if they can cut that out, then, then it'd it, it, it be fine. But with the three, maybe with Louis in the central, playing that central area, he's okay yeah. because he, you know he's a leader. He is a leader. There's no doubt about that. I think he's a leader, um, and he's great on the ball. Yeah. But throughout his career, as, as we've all watched him, in my opinion, he's neither a good defender or a good midfield player. You know. But, he could, but every now and then he launches one of those long balls, and and, and those can be great. Similarly, yeah. in fact, Martinez is kick, <clears throat> kicking out from the from the from goal. He's, he's made some great long passes, isn't he? So we've got that. I mean, but yeah, I know what you mean. I, I as I said, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I do. I, I feel like if he can make them play this well for a few games, then maybe that you know, 
it's down to coaching. It's down to paying attention. Not It's intensity, isn't it? That's what, like, you look at Liverpool. I mean, Liverpool, much more than City, really. But I feel like even when they're not playing that well, they have an intensity to them that I feel has been, again, lacking in us for so long. And that's what I think is bringing to these. So even these, like, flim-flam players, as you say, that have been a laughing stock. Let's face it. You know, Mustafi Louise, Shaka, they've been a laughing stock this very season, haven't they? You know, you look at... You know, whenever we're on TV, you know, the, all the commentators are like, no, you can't, they're not good enough. That's what, that's what they say. The Gary Nevilles of this world and Carragher say, Mustafi not good enough, Louis not good enough. That's what they say. And yet, I mean, we'll see in the next week or so, maybe, won't we, when we play the top, these top teams, Leicester, Liverpool, and to some extent Spurs. But I don't know, I'm, I'm, I, I am, I'm, I'm almost like talking myself into it, but my fury at the, their mediocrity is slightly ebbing away, if you like, a bit. But fair play to Mustafi. Since he's been around Arteta... Yeah, right. he has come on a bit, you know, and totally. like he's like like 100%. Arteta said, Arteta said that you know everyone's got a clean slate, you know he'll look at you yeah. individually and as a team, and if you're if he thinks you're good enough, you'll play, and you know yeah. he's been okay. Unfortunately, those guys that we've mentioned, they're the best of a bad bunch, aren't they? At the moment, that's how I look at it, you know. Um, whether Arteta can mould them into some a proper unit, right? But all this defending, it starts up top as well. It don't just start at the back five. I'm sure. It's got to start yeah. you know, the, the two in the midfield protecting the, you know, that, that's an issue there. He's chakarini, he's Gwendouzi in. Uh, you know, it, it carries on, doesn't it? I mean, the, these Xhaka stats of late are extraordinary, aren't we, in terms of how long we haven't lost a game while he's on the pitch and we've conceded so few goals while he's on the pitch. So, you know, in terms of a, a turnaround from an Arsenal player, no one will usurp what Granit Xhaka has managed to do this season. Um, although maybe if Meza Ozil made an incredible return for the last four games of the Premier League season and scored scored some goals that took us into European football, maybe that would be a bigger <laughs> turnaround story. But yeah, Xhaka yeah, yeah. is is back in the team on merit and, and sort of gone away as a talking point from Arsenal fans, which is a mm. extra, extraordinary turnaround. So, uh, yeah, long way that continue. And look, I agree with Jeff. What, what the turnaround with these defenders, um, is, is probably the most impressive thing at all. I just, you just remember back. It feels like so long ago because all these months have passed, but going to the Emirates in the first half of this season under every, the amount of chances on shots other clubs would have, on our goal was just incredible. It just felt like, you know, inevitable that we would be conceding goals and with such regularity and that's gone. And that's a, uh, that's a pleasure. There's a bit of resilience there. And uh, yeah, with Aubameyang, we've got, we've got every chance to get some goals as we've seen in the last week. Did you see these quotes from Aubameyang's brother? No, he was on um, his Instagram live and he was yeah. asked what he thought about um, Mikel Arteta. And he said, I like Mikel. He's a good coach. But I don't like it when he puts my brother on the left. But he is a good coach. Huh. So uh, that's a little yeah, bit of analysis a, from him. That's all right, isn't it? You know? Um, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Uh, would you play him over Eddie as a number nine, though? Um, well, I like, the, I, yeah, I like the fact that we've got options, haven't we? We've got the option. We've got, I think, I think Aubame, I've, I've, been, I've been saying this for ages. I think Aubameyang wide is fine. I think he does a lot. I mean, he did a lot of yesterday. A, is incredibly hardworking. And B, he will track back and do all that what needs to be done. But also, he, put, he puts a lot of pressure on the goalkeeper wherever he is. And he, can, he, and he is a great passer. You know, his confidence, 
he, he's really he can link up play, he can pass. He's not just a scorer of goals. I think he's an all round. I think he's proven he's an all round great player, which is why it's so important that we do keep him. I think, and I think with him, Nketiah, Saka, I, I include Lacazette, Martinelli, who signed a new contract as well. Brilliant news. I think we've got an incredibly exciting. Again, going back to my discussion about how strong our squad is, I think I think we've got a very exciting and 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 interchangeable forward lineup for me. I feel it's like really, you know, if we keep all of those players, I think it's pretty I think that's pretty good. And Pepe, of course. I didn't even mention Pepe. Josh? What, what about what about um Eddie as a number nine? Do you think he warrants a first team shot straight away? I mean I know I know Lacker's not been on form, but you did see for the I mean, yeah. the, way to, the way he took that goal the weekend was oh, just was was. I was so you know, pleased for it. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, uh, I that's, mean the, all... that's the quality you get from him if he's on, if he's if he's if he's up for it. It's amazing, yeah. wasn't it? Where we've seen several chances uh, Eddie have, and and he's fluffed them, isn't he? Oh, well, he's got a few tappings and that. I might be, I might be being a little bit a bit harsh on the lad, but uh, you know, he doesn't really hold the ball up well. We all right, he makes himself busy, but but. That, that you know, that's about it. It's just quite difficult for for Eddie to to to, to warrant a, a number nine shot at a, a team like Arsenal. You know, I I'm fine with him being given that opportunity. I think. I mean, I'm a big you know, I, I'm in a constant ongoing um, argument with Alan Alger and others about um, how how about Lacazette, and I still and I love him. You know, I've loved him from the start. I think people forget he was our player of the season. Oh, he's had a bad season. He's another one. He's absolutely had a, he's had a pretty terrible season by his own standards. But even then, I still think he's, he, he adds a lot. I, I agree with you. I think he's a good, you know, centre forward. I think he can link up play. I think he's, he's, I think he's been nervy. And I think it's got to him mentally that, he hasn't, that he's had problems scoring the season. But that goal, as you say, that was sublime. That was great yesterday. I think that's exactly what he needed. So I, I would rather have Lacazette up there with Aubameyang, and of course they have that relationship that they love. But I, I think it's great that Niketu is an option, though. I think he'll, he'll, he will, you know, I think he can work in that position, definitely. Well, Eddie's you obviously... technical a, problems, is, Josh? I did briefly have technical problems. Okay. I hope I'm back now. You are back, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back busy. I, I, you know, it's exciting to see uh, Eddie getting games. He had a couple of opportunities in that Wolves game, didn't he? He took the one that hit the post, which, you know, I, I love it when you see a striker take a shot so early, try and surprise the keeper, and he looks confident. And why wouldn't he be confident? Because if you're getting put in again, ahead of Lacazette, that's a hell of a statement, you know, from the manager. And you are right, Boyd, about all these young, exciting, attacking players. So it's just, can this manager improve them, build a unit of a team to take them to possibly where where they deserve to be in the league, which is not that much higher than where we are at the moment. So yeah. you've got to have real hope. And if you look at, you know, if, if Emery could, sorry, if Emery's results were replaced with kind of the football and the, the way we've been playing under, you know, Arteta, I think we probably would be in a slightly stronger position now in the league. So yeah, long, long may it continue. And uh, I don't know, how are you feeling about the games? I know we haven't really had a break in today's Let's episode. Well, shall, yeah, shall we have a break? Let's have a quick break now. And then after the break, we'll turn our attention to the next two extremely important, probably stressful games. So let's have a quick break now.
If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. And we're back. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, Josh, optimism is all very well and the hope is great and uh, I'm feeling very happy right now as we sit seventh in the league um, today. But we've got two very, very interesting games, haven't we? We've got Leicester tomorrow. Spurs are playing Everton tonight. We've got Leicester tomorrow. With, of course, the, leading, the, the league's leading goal scorer, Jamie Vardy, which is intensely irritating because he annoys the hell out of me. Um, and Aubameyang is, is close behind, two goals, I think, behind. And then, suppose, what, what's your feeling about these two games? Well, Jeff, I don't know about you. I'm gutted. We're not going to go to Spurs away. I've really been looking forward to that one. I've, I've not even been to the new stadium. and Everyone raves about it as being such an impressive venue. It's sad to think that we've got another year to wait for a nice away day at, at, uh, at Spurs. So that's one thing I'm upset about. Um, I don't know. I feel like four points would be a terrific week that we would keep our momentum up. And I don't know if the positivity's got to me from the 40 minutes of you on propaganda tonight, boys, but I'm, I'm <laughs> feeling suitably uh, buoyant that we, that we can do it. I mean, Leicester have not been, you know, they're obviously a very strong result against Crystal Palace, but, you know, it, it was 1-0 for a, a very long time and, and then Sacco slipped and, and Vardy scored his first goal in a while. I think we can beat Leicester. And then, look, a point away at Spurs, whatever the circumstances, is obviously an acceptable result. So I'm saying four points. I think we're going to win 2-1 against Leicester. And for the most stereotypical, I'm sure it's a favourite result on correct score, one all at Spurs. Did you see, Jeff, the um, Jose Mourinho getting um, quite yeah. uh, hot and bothered about, I think just about Arsenal's social media feed, wasn't it? Wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, did. you can expect that from... from from Jose, that's what he does, doesn't he? He likes to stoke it up a little bit. I think it's for, on behalf of his players, he wants to stoke them up a little bit rather than than, than, than the Arsenal fans and stuff. You know, uh, they're struggling at Tottenham. Don't worry about that. If you put, okay. if you yeah. uh, you see the stat, if you matched Arteta's record up with uh, games games played, etc., with Tottenham's, he's doing better than Mourinho's over yep. the time. I mean, I find yep. that amazing. Absolutely unbelievable, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we, yeah. we we think we've been we've had a disaster. So um, that is going to be a really interesting game. And oh, gutted, Josh, because we'd have definitely gone to that. Um, I'm really looking forward to it again. I've, I've not been to the lane myself, uh, so you know, since it's been done, which which is unusual, because I normally go over there and have a look what what it's like just for, for clientele and that. But um, that that would have been brilliant. But I think it might do us a favour when it's going to be nice and quiet. Um, yeah. And we, we might. I think we've got a better chance because you know, you know, it's like North London derbies. They're fierce, aren't they? Normally with a crowd, and they're always loud over there. Tottenham, you've got to give them their, their fair play. They're always really, really loud and, and and hostile, even when you walk into the stadium. 
uh, it's very, very hostile. So, and then you, you, you feel that on the way into the ground. So, uh, so the players must feel the same thing. But you know, looking yeah. hopeful, we're looking hopeful because they're not, they're not playing well. Did I tell you, Josh, that I've been invited to the, the Tottenham Media Day? Have I told you about this? No, boy. Tell us more. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's quite funny. So you know they've got this um, big Amazon Prime uh, documentary being made about them. That's this right. Season. Yeah, and you, Boyd Hilton. All or nothing. The late... TV critic <laughs> should be yeah. invited to such events. Well, it happened, yeah. So, um, so the Amazon Prime, the lovely Amazon Prime press office people um, emailed me last week, I think, saying they're going to have an open, they're going to have a press day at Tottenham, and you get to go to behind the scenes at the stadium. I think you get to go to the training ground, the stadium. It's a whole day, right? You get to meet the staff. I mean, they don't promise that you'll meet um, any of the players or the manager, but it's kind of hinted that you might do, depending on what they're up to that day. But you certainly get to see all the facilities and all, and everything. And, um, of course, my answer was, no, not in a million years I'm going to go to. But then now I'm wondering, because I just couldn't face, you know, being in, in the heart of the beast. But now I'm wondering, maybe I should have gone just to see, you know, the enemy the enemy should I do you think I should go but I don't know I, I mean I'm not gonna be able to do a feature on Spurs in the heat magazine which is why they invited me but um but maybe I should go I don't know I'm, I'm just thinking I'm just thinking about it now look I know you're a busy man with many engagements <laughs> in all capacities yeah. and you've got at least two podcasts a day that you've got to contribute to so I know you've got a lot of demands on your yeah. time but to go yeah. and see a, a top class brand new football facility even if it's of our arch rivals, I would have thought it'd be quite interesting day just to see it up close and the mm. inner workings and how Amazon want to portray it. Jeff, would you? Um, uh, I, I, I reckon you've got to go there, Boyd, and just really got, got you've got to wear your Arsenal pants, though, mate, and yeah. <laughs> do you have Arsenal, well, Arsenal pants? <laughs> Boyd um, does. I actually do. I think, I think I have got a pair of Arsenal boxer shorts of some kind. Yeah, somewhere. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, I'd be best, better off wearing just wearing an Arsenal top, wouldn't I? Really, just sort of a scarf or something. Yeah, I mean, it would be they, quite uh, entertaining. A supreme, a supreme and Arsenal <laughs> collaboration. Those pants. <laughs> Sadly, not. There is a supreme. I've got a very nice supreme red and white scarf somewhere, which does look like an Arsenal scarf, albeit with supreme written all over it. Um, but they, Amazon Prime, must be. Very happy, I think, that this series is going to be more dramatic than they might expect, considering how shit Spurs have been and how furious, generally, Marino is right now. I mean, there was in the last game they had that they did have that ridiculously disallowed um, handball goal, didn't they? Situation, which the whole team seems to collapse mentally after that. But it's all going to be very quite entertaining, I think. You, you think of Amazon documentaries on football, and you think Manchester City title-winning yeah. Pep Guardiola, brilliant. Winners. I've watched the Leeds United one. It's like agonising, so close to the promised land failure. And this year they've got the road to 10th. I mean, brilliant. <laughs> Mid-level mediocrity nonsense from Jose Mourinho. Good luck to them. I hope they paid loads for that. I Hello. know. You're right. You're not wrong. But Jose Mourinho's singular objectionableness, if that's a word, will make it worth watching, won't it, Jeff? I think, I think, I, I mean, I just see him. You know. I can't wait to see it, honestly, because <laughs> it, it's going to be fun, isn't it? Because you, you can yeah. imagine him, especially if they go, they really do go behind closed doors, so to speak. Um, I can imagine he fires off a lot, don't you? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, well, that's anyway. That's my. I'm glad I remembered that dilemma. Maybe I'll. Maybe I will go in the end. I just. I feel it feels like some dirty to to just be moving around in Spurs. You know, in this in in the heart of Spurs. I don't know. Just no, you've, right got, you've got to go. go you you okay. got to go. I think you should. Okay. You, you've got to go. Okay, maybe I'll. Maybe when I'll change my mind. I think it's. I think it's the week after next. So I've still got time to change my mind. It's, yeah, I think it's like end of mid to end of July. This day, day of days. Free Spurs shirt? Is that what you're worried about? They're oh, gonna... I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure I'll get a whole bag of goodies in, in heavy quotes of, uh, yeah, Spurs. You've got shirt. to ask him to have a look around the trophy cabinet. That won't take long. <laughs> I could do a whole feature. Do you know what? No, no, you've, that's a very good point. I could do a whole feature about the empty trophy cabinet, couldn't I? Like that could be the whole, like a, you know, four page feature on uh, uh, detailing go. events since they last won a trophy. I would go definitely on. go there clandestine and then yeah. whatever the article you are going to write, you've got to be taking yeah. piss out of mate. No, no, yeah. I'm sure they'd accept that being an Arsenal supporter. Of course. Yeah. You most Sorry, probably, you, you, you know, your accreditation. Sorry, Josh, one minute. Your accreditation will most probably get blocked before you even get in there, mate. If I know well, Tottenham Hotspur. Well, I have told them I'm an Arsenal fan. The, 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 press office and they I don't know they, st- they still seem keen but yeah Josh what were you going to say well just just talking of TV did you watch Alex last night Alex Brooker friend oh, of the- I'm glad you mentioned that yeah Alex Brooker who's our guest last week brilliant wasn't it it was brilliant I mean I watched it funnily enough just after um, we had him on last week um, I got sent the link to watch it anyway so I, w- I had watched it already but it was so brilliant yeah just my, my mum texted me last night saying how moved she was by it did you watch it Jeff did you watch Alex Brooker's absolutely show absolutely brilliant what a man honestly yeah. what, a, what a lovely lovely man uh, just brilliant you know the whole thing was brilliant from start I'm going to watch it again you know because it was so yeah. good it was really yeah uh, that my favourite bit is the Arsenal fan um, Lee I think he was his name wasn't he uh, who he met in the in the um in, among all the other disabled supporters and then he told his story a really really tragic awful story and his two boys were there they were so cute his two cute little boys and then we got to meet them and, and he went to see them in, and I really like that because I thought it was like genuine like a documentary evolving before our eyes they met this guy thought his story was removed and then went to see him met the family I thought that was so interesting yeah it was brilliant, brilliant. so yeah. real brilliant brilliant it was, and even, you know, we met Alex at various points. I think it was interesting even for those of us that have spent some time and got to know and, you know, gone to Arsenal with just to learn more about his um, his background. What was funny, and I was messaging Alex about, was there's a shot there where they show him celebrating that very aggressively yeah. that Arsenal have equalised. And that was actually a late equaliser against Hampton that made it 2-2, but then it immediately showed the scoreboard that said 1-1. So I know. It, yeah. it, it didn't quite work. It, it was no. factually inaccurate, but that yeah. was my biggest gripe with the whole thing. Otherwise, yeah. Terrific. Yeah, he mentioned that last week, didn't he, that, that celebration? You're right. The editor clearly clearly didn't know what was going on. But uh, yeah, kind of confusing. But also, that not only was that on last night, there was the Kemps, I don't know if you saw that, which is absolutely hilarious mockumentary. Uh, featuring Arsenal fans Martin and Gary Kemp, and Gary Kemp um, favourited, liked one of my tweets about um, about uh, Alex Brooker, I think. So yeah, it was a, it was just a glorious evening all round. In fact, it was a glorious day because you had us winning, and then you had those two brilliant programmes. Anyway, what we need say, to get boy, sorry, go I have on. to interrupt yes, you. Josh. Yes, three times in this podcast you've claimed that Arsenal played yesterday. Sorry, yes. Saturday boys. And point Saturday. I'm sorry. I'm very old. I'm getting very old, you know, and my brain is adult. But yeah, 
Yeah, good point. Yeah, we won't edit those out. It's just me getting it wrong that we played. That we played right. yesterday. It doesn't matter. Isn't every day uh, the same now? I think every day has been the same. Yeah, for that's me. exactly. Last three I mean, football every day, isn't there? Thank God, I'm fucking loving it. By the way, I mean, whoever ever had a problem about the return of Premier League football needs to hang their heads in shame because it's been absolutely brilliant. I think they've done an incredible job, like sorting out the fixtures. You know, the whole thing I think has been fantastic. It's been good. And, thank God. But Jeff, before we run out, we go on all night. I do need to get your predictions for um, Leicester and Spurs. Yeah, I'm just I'm terrified of Jamie Vardy for for, for tomorrow night. I've got to be honest with you. Uh, and they're, they're sent big centre half Sionku. I don't know what about you think about him, Josh. Have you seen much of him? He's a great big ugly man, right? He's a proper defender, right? Exactly what we need. Uh, he's good on the ball. Watch him. He's, he's, I think he's, he's a no, quality he's, defender. He's the reason, I, in part, wasn't it, that Leicester was sort of prepared to let Harry Maguire go yeah. to Manchester United. So, yeah. you know, real belief in him. I, so, I just think, even with Vardy, we might win. What, what, are, you, what are you going to predict yet? Yeah, no, go on. I'm going to go for, uh, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. And, and Tottenham away, I reckon it'll be like, it'll be mad. It'll be 2-2 or 3-3 or something like that. I think it'll be a draw there. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Boy. I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go quite similar. I think we're going to squeak a one-nil victory at Leicester, and then I, I was going to say three-three. I think it's going to be mad as well. Um, but if you go for two-two, I'll go for three-three. I might go for three-three. Imagine if I got that right. That would that would uh, be one of the great predictions. Is that, is that the game? Is that the game that the calamities come back, Josh Tottenham? If it's a three-three game or something? Um, maybe. I don't know, Jeff. I um I can't see uh I can't see a three three. I don't see us letting in three goals with Mikel Arteta's defensive prowess at the moment. You know we're on a run of clean sheets. We're not letting in three goals away at, at Tottenham. I will retire for a couple of weeks from doing this podcast if we let in three goals at Tottenham. You can find someone else, boys. Don't do that. I don't want you to do that. That's that's just that's ridiculous. So what's your what was your prediction officially? <laughs> I said one all earlier. One oh yeah, one all. Sorry, fantastic. One all Jeff? Yeah, I mean, oh god, let's hope. Let's hope when we come back next week that we'll still be optimistic and full of hope. Jeff, it's been brilliant. Thanks very much Always for joining pleasure. us Thank again. For Always a joy. Thanks, Josh. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Wasn't that a great podcast? Now, if you've got ninety seconds spare in your day, come and listen to ours. It's called What Has He Said Now and is available wherever you got this podcast. You're going to lose a number of people to the flu. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.